Welcome to Alec Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today, we're going to be taking a look at Michigan and what's going on right now with COVID-19. In particular, we're going to be talking about a new resolution for patients that have COVID-19. To discuss it, we have Michigan State Representative. He represents District 72 in Michigan, Representative Steve Johnson. Thank you so much for uh, joining the ALEC podcast today. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And joining us from the Mackinac Center out in Michigan is healthcare policy advisor, Greg George. Greg, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks so much, Dan. Of course. And for all of our health and human services topics here at the ALEC podcast, we have ALEC director of the Health and Human Services Task Force, Brooklyn Roberts. Brooklyn, thank you so much for calling in and organizing this whole conversation. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for hosting. Of course. So just to kick things off, uh, Greg, can you talk to our listeners a little bit about um, what's going on right now with COVID-19 and this new uh, resolution? What's it called? What is it? And you know, maybe a little bit about where it came from. Absolutely. So the, the Mackinac Center came across some articles on Forbes and the New York Post. And we saw that there was a trend during the early stages of COVID-19 back in March, early April, where hospitals and physicians were really considering essentially disregarding and ignoring any patient's sort of do not resuscitate order based off whether or not they had COVID-19. And so they were blatantly considering discriminating against those folks that were infected and that might need life-saving treatment. So we discussed amongst our team and, and decided that a, a, re- a resolution, we call it the Patient's Rights to Life Resolution. Essentially, it just recognizes Michigan's Patient Bill of Rights and then also the American Medical Association's ethical standards and ethics, uh, medical ethics principles. And it takes those and it basically just states that physicians and hospitals and areas of care can't disregard a patient's wish to be resuscitated or ignore their DNR requests simply because they have COVID-19. And that's kind of where it came from and also what it says. So what is the next step for this resolution? Um, What are you guys going to be working on it with or what's going on with it? Uh, Update our listeners across the states who aren't very familiar with what's going on with Michigan. Sure. So I believe the next step is, you know, find a representative or a senator who is really interested in moving that forward and getting it introduced. And I think that's why we've been talking with Steve Johnson about doing exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Try to guess. If, if you had to guess. So Representative Johnson, can you talk to our listeners about um, the state of play right now in Michigan? I know there's been a lot of movement uh, in the House on, on both telehealth and also a Certificate of Need Board, uh, different changes and different uh, policy proposals. What's going on? Yeah, I know Michigan's kind of been a hotspot for a a number of different factors in this, whether it be the number of cases we've had um, or the political response to the shutdown. So it has exposed a number of issues, you know, the do not resuscitate order issue and then some telemedicine, CON, things as well. Uh, So there isn't a resolution introduced just yet uh, regarding the do not resuscitate order. You know, Michigan actually has pretty good law on that already. And it really appears that there's just blatant violation of that law. So that's kind of one of the problems as a lawmaker is, you know, well, why do we have to make something doubly certain in the law? You know, it's already there. And so trying to find the best way to make sure that it just gets enforced properly. Uh, so we have that. I know we're working with the Mackinac Center closely to 
to make sure we address this issue in a way that makes sense, in a way that physicians, healthcare systems are going to understand that the DNR order isn't optional. It doesn't vary from, from one illness to another. I think that's uh, super important. And, you know, thank you for uh, joining and, and talking to our listeners about that uh, extremely important topic. Uh, Brooklyn, what do you think of this resolution? Um, you know, for example, uh, Alec has a lot of different model policies. How does this sort of, you know, resolution, model resolution, one might call it, how does it jive um, with Alec? I mean, I think it's consistent with everything that Alec stands for um, and consistent with our principles. We're about transparency and options for patients. And in this case, it sounds like there's a flagrant violation of the law. So just to bring back up the topic of uh, telehealth, Brooklyn, before we get into any sort of movements that might be going on right now in Michigan, um, can you talk to our listeners about what telehealth is in general, just for someone who might not know? Yeah, telehealth, which is really broader than, than telemedicine, is just a way of treating patients virtually, maybe not in the same physical location. That's been especially important during COVID-19 as people have been quarantined. It's been really important on mental and um, substance abuse for mental uh, health and substance abuse treatments for those people, kind of people to have access. Representative Johnson, tell us what's happening. I know a lot of states have lifted telehealth regulations to make it easier for people to get treatments during this time. What's happened in Michigan? What restrictions or, or coverage restrictions have you guys addressed to try to make that easier for people? And are those going to be made permanent? Yeah, so that, that is kind of one of the, the odd things through this whole time. It's not just telehealth, it's CON as well. The whole, you know, the pushback against a lot of these freedoms that we try to offer is that, well, we have to have these laws in place for the health of Michiganders. And then when we're in a public health crisis, all of a sudden, there's executive orders that are allowing for more telemedicine that are getting rid of CON. So they say we have to have these restrictions for our health. And then when we're in a health pandemic, the restrictions are limited because, or they're lifted because they understand that they actually aren't helping. Uh, so as far as telemedicine, we actually yesterday, the House was in session. We had a few bills regarding telemedicine to try to make this more permanent. And it was a few things. Number one, allowing store and forward. You know, right now you have to be in a, like a, a live interaction with a doctor. This would more allow them to see an MRI, put some notes that they think, hey, you need a surgery or you need this procedure. And essentially almost like an email message it to you instead of requiring you guys to be both on the teleconference together at the same time. So a little more flexibility there. Uh, one of the other points was where you can actually do telemedicine. You know, I think a lot of people just assume that you're at your house doing this, but in Michigan, you're actually limited. You actually have to go to a certain place, which doesn't that kind of... That doesn't really sound like telemedicine. Uh, telemedicine, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it, you know? So it's, it's telemedicine, but it's from uh, a pre-approved location. So maybe you're not going to that doctor's office, but you're going to some other office. Uh, so there's legislation to expand that you know, so that way you can be at a school or at your house, uh, a little more flexibility anywhere else that the, the Medicaid law would allow it. And the third one regarding remote patient monitoring, uh, so that'd be essentially 
let's say you had the capability to get your blood pressure tested where, you know, somewhere else, and then your doctor could remotely see that and, and enter that into your file. Just more freedoms to make it so you don't have to go to your doctor's office. And it's times like these that we start to see that, you know, a crisis does expose weaknesses. And we're seeing the weaknesses within the healthcare system we have. And it's imperative that we recognize that this is the time to fix those. And so I was glad to see those pass overwhelmingly, I think over 100 votes in each bill. Yeah, so some good progress there. Does that include Medicaid coverage for like psychiatric disorders, mental health, addiction treatment? I don't believe those bills covered that. I think it was just the store and forward live video and remote patient monitoring. Got it. What about cross-state licensing? Right now, Michigan doesn't recognize in most in in all cases healthcare professionals licenses that are from out of state. So in order to in the case of telehealth, you'd have to have a Michigan specific license or be a part of a physician compact or something that would recognize your license where you are. And so you have to you have to have that Michigan specific license to do that. The telehealth bill didn't address whether or not a licensed physician in say Ohio practicing from there could see a patient in Michigan. It just specifically opened up telehealth to Michigan licensed providers. And so you're totally correct, Brooklyn, that the next sort of step is to kind of bridge that across state line barrier that exists artificially. And there's a lot of momentum on that. Um, You've got states like Arkansas and Pennsylvania that have allowed licensing reciprocity between from other states or recognition from other states, from other licenses outside of healthcare professionals. But in this case, during COVID-19, it's incredibly useful. It's also very useful in, in lots of parts of Michigan because there are shortages of specialists throughout the state because Michigan's such a wide mix of you've got urban, suburban, and you've got quite a bit of Michigan is significantly rural. And so your access to providers in those areas are going to be much more limited. And so uh, opening up telehealth to all of Michigan specifically, but then also outside of the state, just gives patients a lot more options when it comes to seeing the provider that they want to see. So tell us the temperature of the Michigan legislature, Representative Johnson. What do you think is going to happen? Because um, Greg and Brooklyn are just pointing out here that maybe the next step is is cross-state licensing. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, it is interesting. Um, and we've had so many executive orders. I'm trying to keep them all straight. But I believe <laughs> that early on, one of the first executive orders was allowing for uh, medical professionals from outside the state of Michigan to practice in Michigan. Uh, I want to verify that, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the first ones. So once again, another example of these laws are supposed to, that are designed to protect us. Uh, They're saying, you know, these are keeping us safe. And the second that we're in a health crisis, well, now all of a sudden they get rid of it. So you you do start to realize that maybe it's not to keep us safe, but rather they're more likely roadblocks placed by certain groups to try to protect their turf over here. Well, especially as we start to discuss frankly, post-lockdown, post-coronavirus pandemic uh, plans. I think the onus, and let's call it the burden of proof for putting back on some of these licenses, some of these regulations are totally on the licensors and on the regulators. I mean, why, like when we take them away to make everything work better so we can respond literally to a pandemic more efficiently in a better manner, why is it now that 
oh, you know what? Yep, we're just going to put them right back on. And uh, yep, that'll be fine. Going back uh, business as usual. It just seems like some cognitive dissonance, right? I mean, we're, we're basically losing weight and then saying, okay, let's pack the pounds back on. Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, when you see that we did these, all these measures to try to protect people's lives and then say, all right, now we're going to go the other way when this is over, you have to ask yourself, well, then why did we do that during the public health crisis? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, you know, it's not safe when you're not in a health crisis, but it is safe when you are in a health crisis. It just doesn't add up. And I think most people realize that. And it's usually what it turns into is it's not necessarily data-driven, but it's more driven by these turf wars between different groups and trying to protect their, their niche that they have. And then once you're in these crisis situations, no one really cares about that anymore. Instead, the focus is truly on patient health. And I guess I hope that the legislature will continue to keep that as their focus and not go back to these turf wars between the different uh, entities out there. So we are coming a little bit here to the the end of our segment, but before we close out or you know do anything of uh, of the ceremonious nature, Representative Johnson and and I want to give both Brooklyn and and Greg uh, your opportunity to answer essentially the same uh, topic here. Uh, Representative Johnson, most of the people who listen to across the states are people who are really interested in state policy, whether they be state legislators just like uh, you or uh, state policy experts just like Greg in Brooklyn. What would you say to them who aren't in Michigan? What is the lesson that you want them to remember from this podcast today? I think the lesson to be learned from this is all the arguments that we have heard for years and years saying that we can't do these things were immediately thrown out. And so there must be a, an understanding, even with the people that are constantly saying we can't do these, they realize at the end of the day, those policies actually do work. And let's not let them get away with this idea of, all right, now we're just gonna go back to the way things were before. To me, the onus is on them to make the case that we have to add these regulations back instead of on us to keep things the way they are. Greg, uh, as you are an expert in, in Michigan policy there at uh, uh, the Mackinac Center, what do you think the Mackinac Center, or what, what would you want to say to folks like you in other states? I think that the important thing for policy experts to, in other states to, to remember is having and developing good relationships with the folks that make and actually can make laws. What often gets missed in the, and I think in our world is we have, and we have had for decades, facts and reports and numbers and all the data you could possibly think of, as well as like just sound logical arguments have been on our side for many of these policies, but we've, we've been unable to move them. And I think the missing component is often just those good relationships where you're a great partner with state lawmakers like Representative Johnson, so that when things start to move, you're included in those conversations and not excluded or forgotten. I think that's really the important thing to remember is that you're an expert. Uh, we are experts in, in various areas of policy, but uh, it takes a relationship in order to get your voice heard in those areas. So, Definitely. And uh, Brooklyn, you have, you have a microscope on uh, each state, I mean, in, at least in their policy regime. And this is how you kind of really became aware of what's going on in, in Michigan. Talk to our listeners. I mean, what's, what's important about what we were discussing today? 
I think that what the actions that they took, you know, to allow store and forward, to allow live video, not just at certain sites and in remote patient monitoring are, are really important. Like I said, you know, it's, it's about opening up options for people. Telehealth may not always or telemedicine may not always be the best option for the patient, but for a lot of people... It can be a really important, vital tool. And a lot of the regulations, as Representative Johnson pointed out, are, you know, were unnecessary um, and were limiting the options for treatment for people who needed it. I do hope that they will go back and look at, you know, opening up options for people with mental health and substance abuse problems, um, because that's been an area where telemedicine and, and telehealth has been especially successful and look at their cross-state licensing laws because that too opens up a whole other option for people. And physicians don't just forget all their training by moving across the state line. Yeah, So totally. But I think that the steps that they took were a good first step. Definitely. Well, that does uh, bring us to the end. This has been another episode of ALEC Across the States. I've been your host, uh, Dan Reynolds. Been sitting down talking about a new resolution, Patients Right to Life related to COVID-19 with Michigan State Representative Steve Johnson. Thank you so much for uh, calling into the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, Greg George, Healthcare Policy Advisor at Michigan's Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Thanks so much for calling into the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Of course. And for all of our healthcare-related topics, of course, we have uh, Brooklyn Roberts on, the ALEC Director of the Health and Human Services Task Force. Brooklyn, once again, thank you so much for calling in, setting up this whole conversation, and for all that you do. Thank you, Dan. Of course. And if you are interested in having your ideas featured on ALEC Across the States, do not hesitate to email me at acrossthestates at alec.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.